Welcome, everybody, to Inside the Man Box. I am Rick Fry, and I have a special guest today named Keith Gordon, pastor of the church in Crescent, Oklahoma. What's the name of the church? It's uh, it's an original name, Rick. Uh, we call it First Christian Church. <laughs> As opposed to second or third? Exactly, yeah. We, <laughs> we claimed our spot early there after the land run. <laughs> awesome. But before we start talking to Keith, I want to do some business. One, um, Inside the Man Box is brought to you by Oneness Ministries, a grace-based, hope-filled, spirit-led counseling and life coaching ministry. You can find out more about us at oneness-ministries.org. Org. <laughs> Org. O-R-G, not A-R-G. So go there and uh, get more clarity than what you've gotten here. We're also brought to you by Marshall Fencing, the premier residential and commercial fence company in the Oklahoma City metro area. Contact them at 405-691-1191 or just drop by and see them at 9513 South Shields in Oklahoma City. I say this before every podcast, and it's always true. I'm excited to have you here. Well, thanks, Rick. I'm 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 equally excited to be here and yep. kind of share. Yep, we, I've known Keith for what eight, six years. Yeah, so probably six eight years. Probably six yeah. eight years. Yeah, yep. And I've enjoyed all eight years of it. Most, <laughs> most of it. Most of it. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good three years anyway. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself, Keith. Where are you from? Um, what do you do? Who do you do it with? Yeah. That's a lot, Rick. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> uh, it's funny because uh, people have a hard time telling where I'm from because I don't have much of an accent. No, I just don't. have a general Midwest accent. Yeah, mm-hmm. So originally from Toledo, Ohio. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. My whole family was born there. We just didn't stay there very long after uh, Dad was uh, promoted quite often to his work. So we mm-hmm. seemed like we were moving every three or four years. So we went from Ohio to to uh, Illinois, to Tennessee, to Minnesota, wow. to Buffalo, New York, and ultimately to Oklahoma City. So my, my uh, accent just got kind of a, a mixture of all of that uh, Midwest stuff. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, so my growing up years were, you know, three or four here and there. And, yeah. So how old were you when you came to Oklahoma City? Oh, I think I was in my early 20s, 22 or three maybe. Uh, I was married at the time and had two children. My uh, dad had moved out in here in 74, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, I waited a couple of years. I, I worked for a restaurant chain back in Buffalo, New York, or outside of Buffalo, called Friendly Ice Cream, and I really enjoyed the work, but the uh, economy there was horrible in the late mm-hmm. 70s. It was steel industry, and yeah, yeah and so there, there was not a whole lot of promise. Of course, in the meantime, out here in Oklahoma, things were booming with the oil yes. uh, boom. So I, I packed up and moved out here and tried to ruin the economy here as well. <laughs> Shortly after, you know, there's like two or three years. In the, yeah, they had that in the 80s, early 80s. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. And, and that uh, bust. Whew, yeah, that was big. And uh, I came out here in the food business. I would worked for a, a small uh, restaurant chain back east, similar to what Brahms is, kind of an ice cream sandwich mm-hmm. shop type of place. And uh, I thought, well, I want to try something different. So I went into food service distribution with, uh, at the time, was William E. Davis and Sons, pretty well-known uh, food distributor here, wholesale distributor here mm-hmm. in Oklahoma, family-owned business, very successful. Um, they since have been bought and sold a few times, I think. But uh, So I had nearly a 20-year uh, career with them. Wow. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, as I... I look back and I hate to admit it, I wasn't all that happy through most of that time. I, I did what I had to do to right. survive and, you know, put food on the table and all that. But there was, life just wasn't quite, didn't seem to ever be quite right. Mm. You know? Yeah. So anyway, during the oh, early 90s, I guess, Debbie and I, my wife, we had moved to uh, Crescent and started attending a little Christian church up there. We'd been kind of hit and miss with church thing for uh, our early part of our lives. We were married in 87, both of us uh, second marriage. And uh, 
so just you know bringing all that together was kind of a, a difficult thing. So we moved to Crescent. We uh, started attending the Christian church up there, and about a week later, they asked if I wanted to be a deacon. They have high standards. <laughs> but there was only like four or five guys in the whole church. No, actually, you were, there were a bunch. They oh, just, really? Yeah, if you showed up a couple of times, though, you, you know, we were warm body. Well, here we, here deacon we material. Sign them up, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I was a deacon for a couple of years, and then the church went through a, a horrific split. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, a really tough time in the mid-90s, and uh, I hung on through there. And they said, well, you made it as a, a deacon so far, so why don't we make you an elder? Because <laughs> we need uh, leaders in, yeah. in the church at the time. It was kind of tough to come by. And it was actually as an elder, I think, that I came to the Lord, which is a little unusual, but 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 it happens. Okay. And so uh, in, in, uh, I think maybe it was in uh, 95 could have been 96. Um, you know, the realization came to me. I'd, I'd been raised in the Episcopal Church but and went through all of their stuff, you know, mm-hmm. originally. But uh, but there was just, I, there, there was not a relationship between myself and God, so to speak. And as I kind of got more and more involved in this, started reading the Bible and attending more of the uh, church functions, I realized, hey, there was something to this. And, uh, and my son, my youngest boy, and I were both baptized in December of 96, I believe, by, mm-hmm. by a good friend of mine, and uh, felt a call to ministry at the time, but uh, I had plenty of excuses, couldn't go to school, I had a family to raise, and sure. needed the money and all that, so we... Uh, Those are pretty legitimate. That, yeah, it, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not like you were making up stuff. No, <laughs> that's right. So I hear you, Lord, and, and I don't know that it was time yet anyway. Right, right. Yeah. right. So... Uh, Anyway, over the next course of about five years, the uh, uh, I'd, I'd grown as an elder. Did I did filled in from time to time some preaching, not a whole lot, but mm-hmm. I'd done a little bit. And uh, and we had another little uproar in two thousand uh, or two thousand one at the church. They uh, left a denomination that they'd been in for ever. Which, which denomination? It, it was, was Disciples of Christ. Okay. So we're a pretty conservative bunch up there, and the Disciples of Christ have been. I guess, for lack of better terminology, uh, pretty liberal, and mm-hmm. there were some of the things that that they were I doing see. that, I yeah, see. yeah. So that caused another stir, and we lost, you know, fifteen or twenty people, uh, st- solid people that were, you know, elderly uh, folks that mm-hmm. were li- really upset with that. And then I'm not sure what happened. This same time, Debbie and I had moved from Crescent to Edmond. The kids were raised, and uh, graduated high school in 2020. We moved uh, back to Edmond, and uh, I was working secular job, and, and so was Debbie, and we were happy as we could be there in Edmond. And the church called me. We moved in in September, and they called in uh, November and said, hey, could you come fill in and preach for us uh, this Sunday? Our preachers left. So, wow. <laughs> so up I went, and then uh, they said, well, we don't have any plans for next week. Could you come back next week? And Okay, and uh, so we started making the trick trek from uh, Edmond to Crescent, and then uh, finally uh, the president of the elders said, "Well, if you don't mind, just keep coming until we tell you not to." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, somewhere in that uh, time frame, the next year or so, I, I, I mean, uh, the call of God was clear in my heart for yeah. for uh, for the ministry, <clears throat> and uh, they hired me in a in a part time position initially. And things were pretty tough financially, so we, we rode that out for a couple of years, and then they were able to ultimately hire me full-time, and I was able to quit so all my you, side jobs. Okay, so you, you were still in the food industries at this time? No, I'm sorry. I had left the food industry in, I, I think, 98, went to, did a stint in the computer business oh, okay. uh, for a while there. But Were you in sales? Yeah. 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 Sales and customer service okay. kind of thing, yeah. So that's you know, that's uh, applicable to being a preacher. Oh yeah, and <laughs> you got to learn to walk on eggshells, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and then then just the call of, of God on my life. I mean, there was never anything I've been more certain about in my life than than uh, that call. Mm-hmm. Things were again. Now Debbie and I were really happy. Life was good. The kids were out of the house. You know, hallelujah. Um, we we both had really good jobs and. Uh, had everything we wanted, you know, as far as uh, material things, but there was there was a there was a huge hole there somewhere. And one morning, I just remember I was like uh, toward the end of October in uh, two thousand and one, maybe uh, two thousand two, 
And uh, I just was in my office. Debbie had gone to work. I was in my office at home. And I, I, was, I was crying out to the Lord. I said, man, I, this is tough. I can't find a job anywhere else. I wasn't happy where I was there. And uh, Anyway, it was, I guess it was a prayer of sorts, but I was in tears through this prayer. Mm-hmm. And just as you and I are having this conversation, the Lord said, go pick up, get your Bible out of your briefcase and read Psalm, I think it was 138. I, I don't have my notes here. but Sure. Uh, anyway, I thought, well, Lord, that's weird. I got a Bible on my desk. Why would I have to get one out of my briefcase, right? This makes no sense. But I, wow. I thought, okay. I'll but he was the, specific. He was, yeah. yeah, very specific. There was no question. Get yeah. the Bible out of your briefcase. And uh, <clears throat> so I did. But in the meantime, as I'm getting it, I'm thinking, I don't know if there's 138 Psalms. And if there's not, then I better look at another avenue. <laughs> Actually, I didn't say it quite that easily. I said, God, you and I are through is kind of what the, yeah. So he was scared, of course. <laughs> worried. <laughs> right. He was worried he was going to lose me. So. He quickly added a 138. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, there he goes. Yeah. So uh, so I opened it up, and yeah, sure enough, there was 138 psalms, and I and I read the psalm, and and again, this is I mean, this is 20 years ago now, so I don't I didn't bring notes on that to remember exactly everything, but there was something very clear in that psalm. But what was interesting was in the sidebar, it referred back to uh, another psalm, just just a comment in there, uh, Psalm 71 or 78, I don't remember which one now, and uh, in that psalm, it was something about I. Uh, Oh, something to the the effect of I, I I'm going to tell the next generation about you, even though I have no idea of the the depths of understanding that kind of thing. And I thought, Wow! Oh, yeah, this is powerful stuff. Yeah. And uh, again, you know, in tears and everything, but it was just so clear from the from where he directed me in that Bible and the stuff in the Bible. Uh, it was a it was a nearly inspired version, which had nothing to do with. I mean, just. It didn't matter what version it was, right. right? Right. But so what I did find out was the the Bible that was on my desk did not have the reference to the Psalm seventy one or seventy eight. Isn't that there. amazing? Yeah, it's amazing. So it was clear that why I had to get that Bible out uh, from under my desk. And oh man, you talk about tears. Okay, I know this is where he's he's called me to. And I called my wife and said, I'm going to quit my job and we're just going (laughs) to see what happens up there at the church at Crescent. And the funny thing is the next week they had a guy in to preach to see if, you know, they want to call him uh, to lead the church. I thought, Oh my gosh. So, uh, but, but never really worried about it. I don't guess. I mean, he, he didn't work out and, Mm -hmm. and uh, the rest, I guess is kind of history for me. And how long have you been in that? So, So since the, Oh one, the end of oh one, November ish of oh one, I, I was filling in as a preacher. Yeah, almost twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I did learn that there's 138 psalms. That was good. Was <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> that was one of the things that the Lord was so good about. I said, Lord, I can't be a preacher. I don't even know how many psalms there are. And He said, I know. <laughs> All you need to know is what I. Well, know, yep. I'll tell you what well, you need to know. Yep. Just listen to me. Yeah. Gosh, and it's um, from that moment on. Of course, we, you know, I mean, finances were tight, and because uh, I went from a pretty good salary and company car and that kind of thing to seventy-five bucks a week preaching uh, for them, and then I, I had a number of odd jobs uh, to fill in on the side. But it's amazing if you're looking at my W twos for from two thousand one versus two thousand two, you'd think you couldn't have supported yourself, and yet right. I did for. Uh, full-time ministry is kind of that way you go how am i going to make it and then the money shows up but it just shows up yeah you know because god has proven in my life and it sounds like in your life that he is faithful when he calls you to something he's going to provide what you need to do it so exactly and you know the amazing thing is debbie never questioned it she said if god has called you to that that's what we need to do and yeah that's awesome yeah and and i i will say that that has been, I mean, the most rewarding 20 years. I mean, there's, I just found purpose and fulfillment and all the things that are associated with it. Not that it's been, you know, a gravy train by any stretch, but uh, it's been amazing just, just having the impact in the people's lives and that kind of thing, walking through them at, you know, difficult times. And 
Well, from what I know about you, um, I think you're in the right place. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. I think you're in the right place. I, I just have always felt like it fit. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, you had, how, how'd you meet Debbie? Oh gosh. Let's see. Debbie had worked uh, as a waitress uh, or helped her sister out in a restaurant and I was a, a salesman and we met. So we, we had a, an acquaintance mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so that was, I don't know uh, the years now it's been 33 years ago, sure. but, but, um, uh, a year or so later I had run into her in uh, Edmond at a grocery store, her and her kids. And I had my kids and uh, we were both then divorced at mm-hmm. the time. And, uh, so we got to visiting and thought, well, let's just try going out on a date. And <laughs> <laughs> the kids had a great time together, and uh, and we did too. And then about, uh, I guess it was probably 10, 12 months later, we were married. So, wow. Yeah. Yep. And I've had uh, 30, it'll be 33 years this December. Of course, we've blended family, which is a tough thing to do. Yes. Yeah, I have three children. She yes. has uh, two. But, uh, but the kids did real well together, got along good, and uh, we had our challenges, but but we've been successful and that's, you know, kind of a rare uh, thing too with those uh, second marriages with children and all that can be sure. really difficult, sure. but we consider ourselves victorious in Christ through, through even that. You there know. you go. So <clears throat> you met her, you guys, you guys didn't have any kids between you. You just raised the ones you already had. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. I just felt like it was just such a thing trying to get the two families merged together right. that, uh, that is one regret that Debbie has that we didn't have a child because uh, we were plenty. I mean, just in our early thirties, so right. it would have, been, would have been an easy thing. But uh, as it turns out, we had you know every other weekend free for ourselves, so it was we had the me and me and her time. Sure. Yeah, sure. and then just you know trying to keep the the families intact was was enough work, I think, without without adding that other element. But you know you, you wonder, but. Uh, how long was it after you had been offered the pastorate there? How long was it before you moved back to Crescent from Edmond? Oh, let's see. It was about five years. Really? So you? Yeah. Yeah, we we stayed in Edmond in our home in Edmond there, which was kind of Debbie's dream home, and I hated to to uh, pull her out of that because you know she'd waited all her life for this uh, beautiful home that we had there, and uh, so we did commute. Uh, for yeah, it was 2006, I believe, when we finally and, and came to the realization that you know it, it wouldn't matter if we were in the city, but being in a rural, small town community, we felt like it was important for the pastor to be there, right, and available. So. And they agreed with that. Did they provide you with a place, or did you? No, you know, we just you know they said we got ten thousand bucks, however you want to use it. <laughs> 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 housing allowance or salary or whatever. So right. we just kind of broke things down and, you know, but we were in a, in a pretty good place. Debbie had a real good job, um, most of her adult life. And, uh, so that, in fact, she used to kid say that she, she worked so I could preach. <laughs> 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 so that, that carried us through the, the uh, early years and, you know, and then, you know, things became uh, a better at church. It took several years, but we got yeah. lined out and, you know, we're in a great place um, um, financially, thank you, Jesus, uh, yeah. right now there. You know, everything's, all our facilities are paid for. We don't owe anybody anything. That's and, awesome. Yeah. So. Yep. It's awesome. It's a wonderful thing to be debt-free. It is, yeah. It's a wonderful yeah. thing to be debt-free. Because yeah. um, Lori and I are totally debt-free. Well, I mean, we have a car, but, right. yeah, but that we have to make payment on. But we have no credit card debt. That's great. And uh, I think everybody should work towards that. Yeah. I agree. I yep. agree. I wish I had thought that when I was younger. I wish I had too, because I spent a lot of money on credit cards. Yep, yep. Credit cards, car payments, house payments, all the stuff. Yeah. That, yeah. But that's one of those things. I guess you got to learn the hard you way. You got to learn times. the hard way. Yeah. And you get to our age. Um, I think we're pretty close, aren't we? Pretty close. I'm yeah. sixty-four. Well, I'm seventy-one. So oh well, and you're we're just not a that baby. Close. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Dad. <laughs> You're a lot older than I look. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I forget sometimes that I am 71 years old and I love to play golf and I'll go spend the day on the golf course and go, mm-hmm. why am I so tired? Yeah, well, uh, age has something to do it with it. It has something sure, to yeah. do with it. So, yeah, yeah it's, but I, 
I'd, you know, Keith, I have no intention of retiring. No. I, I just have no intention of retiring. I love doing these podcasts, talking to people like this, and I just love it. Yeah. And, and it works well for you. It works well for me. I have a great face for this. Yeah. <laughs> As you reminded me several times. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so now you're facing some other problems. Do you want to talk about that? Um, yeah, to the degree that I can, I guess okay. I, I uh, yeah, so in, uh, let me think back here, early uh, 2019, maybe even late 2018, Debbie and I thought that we wanted to uh, build our forever home to, to finish out life with, and uh, there were a number of things that we that we liked, components that we liked about uh, different houses, but uh, our, the house that we lived in was uh, built in 78, so it was... It had been around quite a while. Yeah. We'd remodeled and, and done stuff like that, but we had uh, four acres, and that was quite a bit to try to stay up with. And anyway, we just thought it'd be a good idea. So we found a, a fellow at church, a good friend at church, who uh, had a couple of lots available. So we were able to secure those lots then in uh, January or February of uh, 2019. And we began cleaning things up, cutting weeds and trees and I was having a blast because I, I like the physical right. stuff. And uh, then about, I guess, maybe April of uh, 2019, one night I was sitting on the couch, I thought, man, my back hurts. And then I go to bed, my back hurt. And I thought initially it was probably just that I'd been overdoing it with the weed cutting and, and all of that, but it, it still didn't feel muscular like you would have thought that, mm-hmm. it, that it would. And uh, anyway, that had continued for a few weeks and then my stomach started hurting and man that was that was painful so in june we i went to the doctor talked about the back issue and the stomach issue and uh, he had some mris done and and found that i had uh, degenerative disc disease and a couple of discs in my back and felt like that was probably the reason for the back pain right then, of course, they immediately assume you have GERD or, or acid reflux or something, uh, I guess is what the symptoms of my, my stomach ailment uh, were. So he asked me to try eating some different foods and see if that made any difference, and they put me on some medications. Well, nothing helped. I mean, my stomach hurt. I couldn't eat half the time. <clears throat> and uh, anyway, then they went through the gamut of tests, and they started, I think, with the gallbladder probably, and, and I'm then I go to see a GI doc to have the scopes done, and uh, something happened with the first GI doc I wasn't too happy with, so we found another one, and uh, he, he was pretty good. I mean, he was uh, he, he was able to move things through much quicker. Got in to see him a week later. I had the scopes done. Those were both negative, and uh, he said, man, well, we're kind of at a point where we don't know what, what to do next, and then we talked about doing a CT scan. Yeah. And uh, he said, yeah, that would probably make sense that we, we go ahead and do that. So they did the CT scan the late September, 1st of October. And on October 8th, which happened to be my 63rd birthday, Debbie and I were pulling into Brahms and my phone rang and it was a doctor. And he said, uh, I hate to do this on the phone. He said, your wife there? I said, yeah, she's here. He said, well, put me on speakerphone. And he said, uh, I got the results back from your CT scan. I said, yeah, I... Uh, mass on your pancreas on the tail side of your pancreas mm-hmm. which wouldn't have shown up in the mri and, <clears throat> and was difficult for them to to find anyway and there's just i guess there's just not an easy way to do it but here we'd gone you know six months with this thing uh, growing but but he kicked things into gear the next week we had a biopsy to confirm it the next week we were in the oncologist office and the next week we were started infusions had the port put in and started infusions so uh, no, November, December, January, February, and March of 2019 into 2020 was all uh, time on on, uh, on chemo during that time, and uh, that was a that was a rough ride. It, it, early on, it wasn't too bad. It was yeah, like nothing had, nothing had changed. But then after a couple of treatments, yeah, things started to to get kind of ugly and knock me down, fatigue me. So I'd been I'd been very healthy and active. Right. Prior to this, yeah, right. I ran I ran three miles uh, a day, uh, well, two or three days a week, and uh, I was in really good shape. At, uh, but now uh, that pretty well knocked me for for a loop. As you can see today, I I've lost uh, oh, close to sixty pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, 
through all this. And part of that was the, was the chemo, but part of it's just the disease itself and uh, other complications, I think, from medicines that I just don't have much of an appetite. And we, we work hard to try to, to make that right. But, so originally my idea was we're just going to push through this and keep on keeping on. Right. And we did great, I mean, for, for six or eight months. And then I realized that I'm working in this office. I've got essentially a death sentence that, you know, initially they figure with stage four pancreatic cancer, it's about a three to six month prognosis. So, mm-hmm. um, but we, we cleared the six month hurdle and uh, yeah. you know, felt pretty good about that and mm-hmm. was, was in a pretty good place then. And then, uh, and so in April, I think the uh, CT scan had indicated that things were stable and uh, the, uh, the uh, infusions, the chemo had done, it shrunk the tumor some, so, but things were in check. So we went, we went for uh, several months there uh, where, where things were good from April until uh, September, I guess, of this year. And, uh, and a recent CT scan, August or September, showed that their activity had uh, returned and started mm-hmm. to increase. So the tumor had grown uh, about 10%. And I could tell because the, the back pain the stomach pain were, were kind of back, similar to, not as bad, fortunately. Mm-hmm. But So the tumor has itself kind of wrapped around a uh, nerve bundle. And as it has tightened on that, that's what causes uh, uh, the pain. Yeah. yeah. So if we can shrink it, then it pulls away from that, and then I, and I'm a little more comfortable. <laughs> so my plan was to, to push through and, and continue to work, and I realized... <clears throat> That you know this this isn't gonna work because chances are I won't be here in two or three years. I, I mean I hope I am, but 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 the reality is I probably won't. And why would I spend <clears throat> sixty hours a week working when I should be you know my retirement years, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, with family? And so uh, so we made the decision. Plus, just physically, it's gotten uh, much more difficult. I don't know if I shared with you, but uh, in uh, September, I was diagnosed with idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, which is a lung disease that's also a terminal disease. No, you hadn't told me that. (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) (laughs) So so we started battling that, and so the shortness of breath issues are really, really tough. Uh, They have some medication that's pretty effective with it, but the side effects... I'm not in a good place to start taking that yet, uh, because weight loss is one of the side effects, and uh, diarrhea, and I, Lord knows I have enough with both of those right now. So we we started radiation on the tumor to see if we can get that to shrink back some. And uh, if that's successful, which I presume that it will be, they, they have a pretty high success rate there. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I can gain a couple of pounds, and we'll start the medicine for the, for the lung disease. So. You never mm. smoked, did you? Yeah, I did. Oh, did uh, you? But, oh. But, yeah, but smoking didn't have anything to do oh, with it. Oh, this is not related so, to that. No. Okay. Because I quit smoking in my early 30s, yeah. so it had been yeah, many, many years. Yeah, so, yeah they don't know what, uh, that's that's uh, that's the name idiopathic, I guess, means they don't know yeah. where it came <laughs> from. But, but there's this scarring in the lungs, and it kind of progresses and uh, grows. Well, of course, where it scars, you can't, the lungs no good. You can't, right. yeah, oh, my so. God. And I'm wondering, I mean, I had it before the cancer started because they saw that in the original CT scan. They saw the the uh, scarring in there, and the doctor had asked me if I'd ever been exposed to some chemicals or something like that. And I, you know, we could never narrow, narrow down anything specific that, that would have caused that. But I wonder if because I was running, I was probably keeping my lungs strong and able to, you know, to some degree, maybe fight off some of the progression of that. Yeah, know? yeah. But... I've been pretty, pretty much a sofa couch, one of the couch potato for the last the last year, and so I got to get busy again. That's the bottom line. Yeah. yeah. At, at what? What do you yeah. want to get busy? At? Right. I don't <laughs> exercise. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm I step down from well to a part time role right now as we try to find a pastor, and uh, I'm so I'm just working very very part time, working on getting a disability. I started early retirement from uh, Social Security, but so we got a few, a few things we're working on there at this time, and uh, I expect that I will work if I have a role at church as long as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it'll be just uh, pretty well diminished. But I love the church; that's been the only church I've been at, you know, that sure. uh, served in uh, twenty years. And I'm looking forward to a new guy coming along, maybe being able to help him get established and mm-hmm. up and running. So there's some uh, there's some good things to look forward to there. Likewise, spending just spending time with my family. Sure, so. sure. 
Um, gosh, it's hard to come up with follow-up questions. Um, has answer this if you can, and if you don't want to, it's okay. Um, has how has God spoken to you during all of this? <clears throat> well, originally. And this is really the thing I think that's kept Debbie and I going, both of us. Originally, um, after we'd found out, just right after we had uh, had our diagnosis, uh, it wasn't a matter of, you know, why me? I, that, that's really never been an issue. But uh, God said, Keith, this is my battle. I have chosen you and Debbie to walk this journey with me. So you don't worry about you know, what's, what the outcome is going to be. Right. Uh, you know, it kind of reminded me, I think it was Exodus, maybe 14, 15 or 15, 14, somewhere back there. The Lord said, be still or be silent. I will fight for you yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, so that has really been the strength that we have drawn, recognizing that it's, <clears throat> excuse me, that it's his battle. And we just are the chosen vessels for this particular thing. So, so Debbie's, Held up pretty well with, with this. Yeah, she's she's been remarkable. Um, I don't think I could be where I am today without her. <clears throat> but one of the uh, one of the things that's uh, shown itself through this time is the amazing, and I mean amazing love that she has for me. So I believe me, you, there's things that she has to go through that I, I wouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder how she's able to have the strength to do it. Now we have, we have some, our moments, you know, we just kind of hold each other and cry mm-hmm. for periods of time. But she said, don't you dare leave me. So we, <laughs> as long as I get up in the morning, <laughs> we'll go through another day. Yeah. <clears throat> So, yeah, she has been, in fact, she probably over uh, takes care of me to the degree that there's things that I need to be doing for myself that, you know, she wants to do cause, uh, because she loves me. So that's been, uh, I, I never doubted her love for me, but she just, you know, typically you don't get tested, if you will, to that right. degree. And, right. Yeah, to see uh, how she's rallied. I could see easily where that would cause people, especially, you know, she's still a young lady and in good, in good health, and, mm-hmm. that it would cause people to say, I can't do this, you know, I yeah. can't, yeah. But there's, that's not even a question with her. That's not, yeah. Right, she's doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And she wouldn't have any other way. Right, right. How about um, your kids? How has this impacted them and the relationships? yeah. So that's another uh, another good one, good question. Um, of course, being divorced, you know, there's always been <clears throat> some some strenuous uh, situations there uh, with the kids growing up and that. And uh, I, uh, I I realized also through this that my kids really do love me too. So although I may have questioned it prior to, right. uh, but you know, as soon as they got word, uh, they rallied. Um, like I said, I've got <clears throat> three children. Debbie's got two, but all five of them got together and said, man, we need to have a family picture. And, you know, so that was one of the first things that they did was, was come up. And I, I, that, that's least of importance, but I think it was to say that, you know what, here's, here's where we are. We don't know if we're going to have three months from now or <clears throat> as we come up on Christmas time. So that was one of the things that they arranged. But But every one of them has done, gone out of their way to, do whatever they can do to, in fact, they get frustrated because we don't have much for them to do. You know, right. they want right. to be able to help. <clears throat> and so through this, I have seen a strengthening of the relationship between myself and, and the kids. Yeah. And, and I just, you know, my, my kids would call, well, at first it was nearly every day, you know, how's it going, dad? And yeah, yeah just checking in. And of course, as you get used to things, they, you know, you kind of get back to your, your lifestyle. So, they, they call a couple of times a week now still just to check in. My daughter's pretty good about coming up every couple of weeks and bringing her boys. And, um, oh, my, that's all. Where do they live? Um, 
most or with two of the kids live in Crescent or in the Crescent area. Oh, okay. Yeah, my youngest boy lives in Mustang, and he's been up. Man, he was a a lifesaver, if you will. He put our together our furniture that we'd we moved into our new home finally in April of uh, mm. 2020. He put together furniture for us and did a lot of stuff around the house. But all all of them have been have pitched in there, cutting grass or whatever they need to do to to make things a little bit easier on us. So he lives in Mustang. My daughter lives in Edmond, and my oldest boy lives in. Uh, Kansas City. In fact, he made the trip down, I think, three or four weekends in a row initially, and then was here for Thanksgiving and Christmas and, and that. And of course, with COVID, that pretty well stopped their their traveling. But yeah. he, but uh, they were here, um, I think, in September. He and his wife and, and their little boy were here to visit us, so that was cool. That's yeah. cool. That is cool. Yeah, but it's it's amazing the. Uh, you know, I just I, I had no idea that the kids would rally like they have to to be able to do whether it's going to grocery shopping or clean the house or you know what uh, they'd come visit me during the infusions when that was when that was possible and so it's it's really been good and, and so we're we're much closer and I'm thankful that we've uh, had this time I, I I would never say I was happy that I had to go through this or thankful that right. God allowed this but right. but but I see so many highlights of things and how God has worked through that to, to show his love to me that, right. that yeah, I never knew yeah, the community, wreck the community, the church, just amazing. They had a fundraiser for us and, and which helped medically. I mean, that allowed us to get over the hump as we get, you know, way on reimbursements and that, uh, that was amazing. We, we have guys come out to the house and we had a pile of trees. You won't believe from the, when the land was cleared some guys came out, volunteered time, cleaned all that up. It took them uh, about ten hours with heavy equipment. And, wow. Oh yeah, it's, wow. it's God people, bless them. The day we moved in, yeah, I couldn't do anything. Ten, twelve guys again from church mostly showed up. There they are loading their trucks and bringing the stuff. And yeah, we didn't. I I hate it again because I've been so active. It's it was hard for me to sit on the sidelines and watch. Uh, people do it, but they just man, they're like bulls. I come in, get her done. And, yeah, we're not going to let you. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. not going to let this set you back. So we were so grateful. So through you know all the treatments and all that, we're building our house, and yeah, we finally got that done and, and uh, moved in in April, as I said, and, and so we've been there what seven months now, and that's that's worked out great. But we couldn't have done it without the the church and the community and the and the family. Right, yeah. right. So you said that. You're still doing part-time stuff around the church. What kind of stuff do you get to, to so, do? Yeah, so it's mo- well, right now I've been preaching still on Sunday, so that's the biggest mm. issue. I just I had a vision um, plan, if you will, I guess, of when I got to be in my later sixties that I wanted to hire uh, a younger uh, associate. Sure, spend three, four, five years grooming them. And, and getting them ready and then be able to just transition out, minimizing the impact of of my departure. Now, it has right. nothing to do with me. It has to do with stability and people are used to the security of, you know, things are things are the way they're supposed to be. Keith's here and you know, everything's right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but anyway, that, that didn't happen. So uh, right now I just felt like it was important that I try to at least be there on Sunday mornings to to continue to keep, you know, let them know we got things together and things are good. I'm not going anywhere until the Lord calls me home. And right. yeah, it, because, uh, you know, after 20 years, you develop quite a uh, relationship with your well, folks. Obviously, by the way they came and and did all that stuff for you. Yeah. So, yeah, you yeah. have you have quite a testimony. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, I just, you know, I never I'm not a stranger to doing things to helping people. We've, you know, a couple of guys and I. Over the years, have trimmed trees, cleaned yards, cut grass. You know, done things in the in the uh, community. It's been difficult to have that role change. Yes, for me to have yes. to re- to receive that help. But uh, but I think through that, I have seen uh, God's love for me at a, at a deeper level than I ever had before. Wow. So it's it's Him displaying this love through His people. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That is that is awesome. Um. Gosh, gosh. Um. 
So I would, I would, I guess, just interject that. Um, Please. W- one of the things that uh, I worried about, uh, worry is not a good word. Um, I guess that concerned me early on was how is this thing going to glorify God? Great. Right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm thinking this is, you know, we got it. It's, it is what it is. We'll deal with that. But how is this? What is he got for me in this what is you know what is he looking for what how yeah and uh i i, I beat my head against the wall for the last year i guess trying to figure out some of that and, and thinking okay is there a, a a plan now that we're supposed to do something with this experience uh, somehow but um he has given me a glimpse through a number of people who have said you know your courage through this thing has been such an inspiration or your attitude through this thing oh, has been no fooling and I, yeah. I mean, it never occurred to me that yeah. people are looking at you saying, well, you know, poor guy, he's, just, he's dying, but, but look, there he is. He's, yeah, and a lady told me, she said, when you walk through the door of our store, I just get, uh, I just light up because you're, to me, are an example of hope. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's that way here at Oneness. When you come up, um, we just, we, we marvel at the fact that, um, I, I, I just wonder if I would be the type of guy who would just isolate yeah. and I don't want to share this. I don't want to be around people because I'm so busy feeling sorry for myself right. because of what I'm having to go through. You have not done that. Right. Even, even through the COVID thing, which probably isn't smart, but yeah, but yeah I've, I've, I've been out quite a bit. Yes, about, you have. Yeah. And you've been up here for classes. Oh my gosh, yeah. Keith, you're, yeah. it's, it's actually quite amazing and inspirational to even have you here doing this podcast. Well, thank you. Yeah. I don't, uh, I've never felt special in any way or uh, that I've brought anything to the table. I just show up. And that's what makes you special is that you can say I'm not. And God has used me and is continuing to use me. Regardless of how this ends up, right. God is using you in this time when it's difficult, but you allow it and you choose it. Right. The uh, The other thing that I think is important, and we have been uh, very open and transparent with the church through this whole process from the very beginning, uh, once all the necessary players knew uh, what was going on, but, but so many people suffer in silence. Right. And are afraid to share things. And to, to me, that was one of the things that was important to say, hey, we go through battles. And, you know, this is mine right now, but right. But, but there's financial crisis, there's relationship crises, there's physical crisis. I mean, all of this stuff. And it doesn't do us any good to keep it in. No. It's actually more healing to be able to share it. And it's hard, hard as heck, because you oh, stand yes. there in front of people babbling, you know, bawling like a baby. But uh, but it is what it is. And yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And God has indeed used it in many people's lives, including mine. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because that means all the world to me. Is that, yeah. Yeah. Yep. that I have some kind of tangible evidence of, of God being glorified. Through yes. It. Yeah. Yes. We're at 43 minutes. How are you holding up? Not too bad. I got my water here, so that's okay. keeping me hydrated. Is there... Um, Oh, gosh, how do I say this? Is there a message that you want people to hear from Keith Gordon? Mm. Um, What we hope for is that you get through it on the other side and we can look back at this and go, that was timely. Mm. Um, That's what we hope for. But is there... Gosh, Keith. Don't be afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Is there something you want people to know about this and what God's doing to you personally in this? Yes, you are an encouragement and inspiration, but is there there something else you want our listeners to hear from you? So, first of all, I think uh, maybe hope is is a key word here. now the doctor, my oncologist, and I'm I'm thankful for him. He's a godly man, and uh, he told us right up front is I'm not putting a timeline on this thing because I'm not God. He said God knows how long you've got, you know, and 
um, we knew because it's advanced stage pancreatic cancer that the odds are not good of that, you know, of being around even five years. A five-year um, survival rate is less than 5%, right? So even even right now, I feel very fortunate that we're in the 1%, really, is that 99% of the people would have probably have, have already gone home to be with the Lord at this point. So I, there's hope. You, yes. You don't know when that last day is going to come. Right. So between now and then, what are you going to do with that? Right. Sit at home and, and feel sorry for yourself or uh, get out and maybe encourage people uh, somehow or another. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and, you know, I still have hope that, that I'm going to be around. Now, things are stacking up against me pretty good, but yeah. but I still have hope to be around in, in that five-year mark. We've made, uh, what are we at? We're a year in October, so uh, what's uh, 12, one, 13 months 13, out? Yeah, yeah, 13 months yeah. out. and and quickly approaching 14. And every one of these is, is a huge milestone for us. Um, but, you know, this cancer, you know, Alex Trebek just passed away. Right. From And he had done a show 10 days before yeah. he died, which yeah. is, is remarkable, amazing. So, but, but my point is how quickly that can turn and you, you know, go downhill and, and, and eventually pass. So I know that, that that's a, a real possibility, but I don't live looking for that. I just live and saying, God, give me another day. And so we'll go take advantage of this day, whether it's just shopping at the mall or going out for a hamburger or whatever it is right. to, to right. enjoy it. So, so I would say that, that hope doesn't diminish uh, because you have this time, time stamp on your, right. yeah, you just don't know what God's going to do. And then I get up and I feel okay and we'll go. Yeah. Well, the truth is we all have a stamp. We do. We all, mortality is 100%. Yes. For a yeah. human, for, for humans. Yeah. Um, we hope to, uh, hang around as long as we can, but we all meet the same fate. And we save fate. Um, you call it going home. Yeah. We yeah. all get to go home at some point. Right. Yeah. Right. And we're just here for a really short period of time. Yeah. And, uh, oh gosh, the courage it takes to face something that's possibly impending. Uh, it's all impending. It is, right. Yeah. So... Um, I, yeah, the only difference is we have an awareness of it. Yeah. You know, we know that this, yeah. Yeah. I was thought I had another thing kind of hit my mind there. So the hope thing was really important, though, I think, and big. And so, and, and even looking forward to, <clears throat> maybe at this case, it's it's Thanksgiving. So we'll look forward to having the family together all right. at Thanksgiving. And then there'll be Christmas. We'll look forward to having everybody uh, at Christmas. And, uh I don't. I don't make a whole lot of long-term plans anymore. Is every darn plan I ever came up with has backfired and blown up in my face? <laughs> so I just figure, God, you just take <laughs> take this thing and do what you what you will with it. Yeah, because my plan was to work in, into my uh, earlier mid seventies, sure, and, and transition out, and that's uh, you know that's not going to be a reality, and that's that's all right. You know, we'll, we'll do what we have to do yep. uh, with it. In the meantime, I'm just thankful for the family and friends that I've had. And, and I know he's got some more ministry stuff for me to absolutely, do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I think one of the messages that I'm hearing from you to people who are hearing this, enjoy what you have. Absolutely. Enjoy your family. Enjoy the time with your family. Enjoy what you get to do as you um, experience your career. Make every minute count. Yeah. Because you don't know how many you have. Well, that's right. Well put, Rick. Yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, even my, the grandkids, they, they've been a huge, of course, they don't do a whole lot uh, as far as work or that kind of thing, but <laughs> just showing up, I'll tell Debbie sometimes, call one of the grandkids, come over here. Just I just need to see one for a little while. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, when, when one of the kids shows up with their kids and uh, just, you know, even if they're only there for 30 minutes or something, it just really is uh, encouraging to me and gives me a little boost and. Sure. Of course, Debbie has been, you know, amazing, and so she's kind of my inspiration and my rock to yeah. to keep on keeping on. Yeah, because it would be easy to just say, "Hey, I can't do this. I, I, can't do I give up." Yeah. yeah. How old are the grandkids? Now they go from uh, twenty-one years old down to almost four. Wow, that's quite a range. Yeah, <laughs> big range. Yeah. And then we've got one. Uh, we're expecting one in May of next year. So. Wow. 
So that's going to be another one of my goals to hope to get to, to yeah, to, yeah. to uh, meet my new grandchild, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know, and I'm okay with what the Lord has planned for me. I'm okay with that, and, uh, and I'm not afraid of dying, though I'm not looking forward to going through that process. Right, that, right. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, fear of, yeah. Fear of death is is a waste of time. You're right. It's a waste of time to fear what's ultimately going to happen to all of us. Yeah. It's just when. Yeah. Yep. So don't waste your time being afraid of that. No. Don't waste your time avoiding things that you can do to strengthen your family and 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 we talk about family, the broad family, the family of the church. Right, right. Yeah. So what a message. What a message. Keith, I appreciate your time and the courage and the expenditure of energy to come and do this with us and to talk to us about what you're going through. Well, thank you. I've, I've had a blast it talking is, about it. This I, is so much fun. Yeah, and I, and I think it's important for people to hear because you're not going to hear a, a story from a lot of people. No. So they're just real private about it. And, yeah. yeah. Yep. So. And you shouldn't be. And I know we're not supposed to should on people. No, <laughs> but you're right, but you can't get the, the – you'd be surprised at how – uh, healing it is just to be able to talk about it with people. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. I'm going to wrap this up. All right. Wrap uh, it up. Thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you, Keith, for being here. When sometime in the future, you're going to come back and, and we'll celebrate um, what God has done in you. I like that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thank you. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. In a not-so-stable world, it is crucial to amplify the right message. At the Stream Grace Network, our goal is to do just that. We are adding to our stable of podcasters every month, and we are growing. This is where you come in. We want to share in that growth. If you are a small business owner looking to grow your business, we'd love it if you'd consider allowing one of our podcasters to endorse you, your products, or services. The best part? is that endorsement will never stop running in any episode it is a part of, ever. This is a unique and rare benefit in digital advertising. We want everything we do to be uplifting and to encourage positive growth. And we'd love to partner with you. For more information, visit us online at StreamGrace.com or email us at support at StreamGrace.com. God bless.